Well, the Bruins finally getting some respect put on their name so far. UCLA, again, knocking off the then 15th-ranked Washington Huskies. Let's get to it with our full, complete reaction, grading out the offense, defense, and the special teams. Bruins got some respect, but it's only the beginning. The test keeps getting harder as we keep moving on. This is Locked On UCLA. Let's hit that music, baby. You are Locked On UCLA, your daily podcast on the UCLA Bruins. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, it's your favorite host, Zach Anderson Yoxheimer. This is Locked On UCLA. Thanks for making Locked On UCLA your first listen each in every day. Once again, you can get it wherever you get your podcast. You can get it for free Spotify, Odyssey, Apple Podcasts. You can get it with the likes of YouTube. You can go like, comment, hit that red subscribe button. Hit the, you know, if you're watching. Thanks once again. A lot of new subscribers. If you want to join the new subscribing club and come join Locked On UCLA and the fun we have. Monday through Friday, even more. Well, let's enjoy the ride. As we know, basketball's around the corner. All sorts of UCLA sports doing well, as importantly as they are. It's UCLA football who's finally getting some national attention for what they did Friday night. I know late, even on the West Coast, with the primetime shot, but again, UCLA knocks off Washington. And before we, we get to that eight lap as we start every show, it's that this episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. We thank LinkedIn Jobs for being the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Just post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply as we get locked and loaded for Locked On UCLA. Let's get those hands in the air and say one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, UCLA. UCLA, fight, fight, fight. Let's go. The excitement is here. The Bruins... Again, 5-0. They're 5-0. and I mean, even in our preseason predictions, I believe we might have had them 5-0, 4-1, whatever. Regardless of what our preseason prognostications were, UCLA is 5-0 with their biggest win of the season. 2-0 in the Pac-12, and an even bigger test come this weekend against Utah in the middle of the day at the Rose Bowl. Let's pack that baby up and support our Bruins as they have another important matchup against now the 11th-ranked Utah Utes. So now the ranked UCLA team, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show today. We'll give them our grades for this matchup against Washington. Okay, as we tend to do with our reaction Monday, we got our initial immediate reaction right after the game Friday night. I know I posted that, but this is more grading out with the full stats, even stat adjustments, everything. Let's kind of give our full complete grades and we'll start with the UCLA defense they're the team that had to play they're the side of the ball for the Bruins that had to play extremely well for UCLA to win I mean maybe not extremely well but they had to play good they had to show up for UCLA to not only just win the game to slow down you know Washington offense that came in averaging four, 44 points over 530 yards of offense and UCLA held them to 32 points and just about 400 yards of offense. So 130 yards less than what they normally average, 12 points less. And a reminder, UCLA, we all forgot, despite the very close scoreline at the end, 40-32, to 
UCLA led this game 40-16 to going in the fourth quarter. They had held an electric Washington offense to the likes of, say, 16 points the first three quarters. UCLA dominated, took their foot off the gas pedal a little bit, but it ended up UCLA, despite some scary moments at the end, were able to find a way to get the win. UCLA, let's go over the defensive statistics. Two sacks, I, you know, in our pregame keys, pre, you know, leading up to that Washington game. I said the number to get was three sacks. Michael Pettix Jr. had not been sacked all year. Washington had allowed a couple of sacks late in games. They were leading by big margins. But you had to fluster Michael Penix Jr. They got those early sacks. Leatu Latu and Bo Calvert, along with a couple more tackles for loss in addition after those sacks, eventually led to two picks. John John Vons, the second, and then getting the second interception. And then Stefan Blaylock getting that first INT for the Bruins, turning over a quarterback who had only turned it over once. But as I said, in his career, he had multi-interception games in his career before coming in from Indiana. He had, I believe, five or six multi-interception games and had two inter- three interception games last year. So this was a Michael Penix Jr. product who does turn over the ball if you can fluster him a little bit. And UCLA did enough, got good that they found Penix Jr. on an off night, the Washington Huskies on an off night. And quite frankly, for three quarters, were the much better football team dominant despite how the first drive plus looked for both the Bruins and the Huskies. And then Washington crawled their way back in, which is where the bad of this comes in. So UCLA held the Washington offense 12 less points than their average, including dominating through three quarters, had tackles for loss, four of them, two sacks, forced multiple interceptions, before I'm going to tell you now the bad. I know some people like to hear the bad first, but in the game for UCLA, it's almost like the good came first, and the scary and the, the slightly uh, concerning came a little later. UCLA defensively allowed Washington to be successful in more than 50% on third downs. And I know they were going after it. When you're down big, they just kept flying and flying. But still, the numbers remain. Washington, 8 of 15 on third down. An even more surprising number. You're not going to see a team be forced to go for it on fourth down too many times, four times over the course of the game. But Washington was successful on all four fourth down conversions, all the frustrating fourth down lack of stops for UCLA, where that they got a stop early, it could have been a much more dominant scoreline. And then the very first drive, Washington went down the field. UCLA had them third and 11 on the first three plays of Washington's offensive drive in the opening possession of the game. They pick up the third and 11, and then they go down. It's fourth and six. UCLA blows the coverage. They score the touchdown. That's when everybody in the UCLA fan base, in the Rose Bowl, is expecting, all right, it's going to be a long night. It's going to be a high-scoring night, which it technically was, but it's sort of a backdoor kind of cover with the high-scoring there for the Washington side. So 4-0-4 for Washington on fourth down. They converted more than 50% of their third downs, and every time they were able to get into the red zone, they scored, which is three times, yes. Three times in the red zone, they did score. But let, let's get to the, the good numbers, too, for UCLA. They did allow... Michael Penix Jr., who led the nation in passing yards and was very efficient in terms of hitting receivers down the field and hadn't thrown a pick on a pass more than 10 yards down the field before playing UCLA on Friday. He threw for 345, four touchdowns, but it was the two sacks, the two INTs, and the thing that the Bruins have been extremely successful at doing this season, defending the run. 
UCLA against a Washington attack that I believe was averaging about 162 rushing yards per game coming into the game against UCLA. Usually thriving with the pass, throwing the football, but a team that could run the ball as well. UCLA only allowed a net gain, just a total net, of 65 yards rushing for the Huskies. And that was, if you average it out per carry, per rush, Washington averaged less than three yards per carry. And I think I saw the number for UCLA defensively overall on the season for the Bruins and their pretty stout rushing defense. I think they're averaging just about, say, 80 yards against rushing for the Bruins defense. I'm trying to pull it up on my screen here. Of course, everything decides to go fairly slow. But for UCLA's rushing defense, outside of that South Alabama game, where that's where the the Jaguars were able to get a lot of success running the football, no team has eclipsed 90 yards running the football. Other than the South Alabama game, that's the only team who has done it successfully running the football. And the opposition, I think about 80 yards per game is what I saw coming into this one. Yeah, so opponents have four touchdowns in 80 yards rushing per game. And most of that rushing success came in the South Alabama game where they kind of threw screens, kind of against the grain, went went with the run. And for the most part, the Bruins have kind of fixed, it looks like, fixed some mistakes and have been a very solid, dominant run defense, made the plays they needed to do in the passing game. Well, I know some of you in the comments have mentioned, yes, a little lack of a pass rush and the consistently consistency to stop teams on third downs. But you gotta you gotta worry that don't have to worry that this is arguably one of the best passing attacks UCLA will face all season. Michael Penix Jr., despite having his ACL tears, still was able to be very mobile, more than I thought and expected for him to come in the game, able to move out of the pocket and get throws. But still, once you sack the quarterback, it's going to change the game for a guy that had not been sacked all season long. The only guy, I think, coming up that UCLA will have true trouble with bringing down, it, it's that SC game later in the year. Caleb Williams, for some reason, finds ways to get out of tackle. So UCLA, while they do have to find ways to generate a lot more pressure, maybe, die, you know, whatever it is, dial more ways to get a couple more sacks, get more pressure on the QB. It, it, as long as they can build towards that game against SC later where, you know, the opposing quarterback knows how to get out of get out of harm's way, we'll see how they can handle with Cam Rising and a more physical Utah front that seems to be clicking on all cylinders after their blowout win against Oregon State. But, you know, UCLA's got to build and build and build, and we'll see how the pass rush can get better. It was great to see the secondary be, be great. Ball Hawks getting the couple of INTs. Overall, my grade for the defense, you could disagree, but you know when you hold a team to less than three yards per carry, intercept the, the one quarterback who's not only throwing the ball as exceptional as anybody in the country, but doing it when he's going deep down the field on the opposition. When you're trailing early, they were able to stop him on some key drives in the middle of the game where UCLA went from behind to big dominant lead for a little stretch there. I think the defense gets a B plus. You could argue with the yards given up and the amount of third downs, fourth downs converted, slight lack of a, or you could very well say lack of a pass rush. But UCLA, as that title, that one podcast said last week in the Locked On UCLA episode, or if you go back whenever you're listening to this and saying, hey, what, what was that episode? UCLA must slow down Washington quarterback Michael Penix Jr. And that's, for the most part, what they did just enough. They did what they had to do 
and even looked a little bit better doing it despite the end results. B-plus for the UCLA defense simply because they did what they needed to do and did it dominantly, arguably, arguably dominant for three quarters before, you know, and college football teams can tend to move the football when they're electric offenses, and UCLA by no means is a dominant defense, but they put a B-plus performance, I would say, against Washington. Still some concerns, but arguably their best grade of the season, considering the circumstances, considering the opponent, when you you factor in all the context with it, you, you have to be proud of what UCLA did defensively, despite all of us worrying what could have been if UCLA had to kick the ball and punt it back to Washington and give them one last chance for a final drive. But we're not going to worry about it. Didn't happen. But UCLA defensively, I think, did what they needed to do. B plus, got it done. And we'll be tough for or later in the season with the grading, yeah. But this one, we, we got to be happy. It was, it was a nice win for the Bruins over the Washington Huskies. Before we talk and grade out the UCLA offense, got to tell you more about LinkedIn Jobs. So let's get right to it. As we, you know, get right to it, just a reminder, you know, they're the recruiting sponsor on the college, Locked On College Network. But just a reminder that these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Simple tools like screening questions makes it easy to focus on the candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. End of the year coming up, you guys want to, who knows if you want to hire someone that very quickly. That's why small businesses ranked rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading comp- comp- competition. Pretty simple. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Just post your job for free at LinkedIn dot com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college to post your job for free terms and conditions apply well let's get right to it for the offense side of things ucla defense you listen to locked on ucla the defense graded out with a b plus offense well let's get right to it let's get right to it if you're excited for this matchup coming up against Utah. Well, let's go back and look at what the UCLA offense did against Washington, a team that had come in and been very stout. You could point to their competition and argue that this was the best offense that Washington had faced all season, but they had gotten after the quarterback, limited team, limited opponents running the football, whatever it may be. UCLA came in and despite going down that first drive and failing to punch it in the end zone after that big safety, which I even forgot to mention on the defense side of things, the safety, which was a bit of a cough up by the Washington offense. But yes, we forgot to mention the safety. Other than that, UCLA's offense really took over after the likes of the safety. They just went down the field despite the botched return on the kickoff after the safety from Washington after the, the kicking it back to the Bruins and they're retaining the possession. UCLA went down the field and did not look back. Simple as that. UCLA looked fantastic offensively, despite late when they took their gas off the pedal and they just kind of were dormant for the first 12 minutes of the fourth quarter when it came to trying to get any type of momentum for a couple of first downs. Three quarters and even that last drive when they got three first downs to close it out. Very impressive for a UCLA team that scored 40 points, was almost eight yards off their average of total yards of offense overall. 
Bruins generally average about 500 yards of offense per game. UCLA ended with a kind of very close but slightly imperfect 499, which is still a pretty solid total. Overall, you can point to the three stars in the quarterback DTR. You can point to the likes of Zach Charbonnet and also Jake Bobo. So many other players, very strong contributions to this one, including the O-line that only allowed a Washington front that came in with 15 sacks. And I believe Washington had sacked Stanford eight times in the previous game the week before for the Huskies. UCLA only allowed one sack of DTR and helped them churn out a solid running total of 184 yards on the ground. DTR getting 53 rushing yards, a touchdown. He got 315 yards in the air, avoided a turnover, three passing touchdowns, hurdling defenders, getting that key third down and short run to get the first down, I believe, to close it out late. Even though he kept running out of bounds, which was my bugaboo, if he could have just slid in bounds, the clock would have wound a little faster. But it's the one thing. The only thing about DTR, you've been around five years, just stay in bounds. That's all you need to do. No need to run out of bounds. And I know it's till in college, it goes till two minutes before you before they stop the clock when you run out of bounds. They stop it for a moment and then wind it. But still, stay in bounds, let that clock run, even with the first downs. But DTR looked fantastic, hurling defenders, making defenders run into themselves on crazy little Lamar Jackson-esque moves near the goal line, like when Lamar Jackson made that viral video when he was in high school. DTR was solid, but that does not reflect Zach Charbonnet's night either. Charbonnet, 124 yards. He was solid, a touchdown on the ground. UCLA, very solid with the, you know, Charbonnet. People wanted Charbonnet to see what he was like. I wanted to see how many carries Charbonnet would get overall. And finally, UCLA unleashed their big weapon in terms of the running game a little more. They let him go in terms of pitch count. 22 carries, 124 yards, averaged over five yards a pop, five and a half yards, if you want to get specific about it. Even Charbonnet with three receptions, 56 yards, including a long of a 33-yard catch. So even though we're going about, about to talk about Jake Boba as well, you had DTR, who is running the football, had a touchdown on the ground, making guys look ridiculous defensively, just to say the least, on a couple of plays. You had Charbonnet, who was grinding it, getting down, getting down, and despite them not getting that fourth and short late in the first half and a couple of very short yardage plays where they couldn't just run it up the middle with Charbonnet, he was still very good making people miss, got the one touchdown, but he was a key to this UCLA offense that churned out 184 yards in 39 attempts. He was solid. Love to see Charbonnet kind of get more carries. He was kind of on nine carries, solid against Colorado, rested on the short week, came in, and now gets that extra day of rest before what's going to be a very physical matchup against Utah. So it does help, even though they gave him more carries, hopefully that extra day of rest and a little more can give him well-recovered for that Utah team. And again, UCLA looking the well-conditioned part, building and building. Finally, the Jake Bobo coming out party. Six receptions, 142 yards, two touchdowns, 40 yards. If you watch the broadcast, whether it be at home, if you were there, a lot of talk about his route running, the cutting, how quick he was able to get in and out of routes and just kind of turn around the Washington DBs in their secondary. This is what UCLA was waiting for in this Duke grad transfer to come through and be a very solid 
addition for UCLA. And when it came down to it, when they needed a big performance, Bobo delivered, absolutely delivered in a fantastic performance along of 40 in terms of reception. Bobo, six catches, 142 yards, two TDs as what was DTR's favorite target. UCLA was still looking for, you know, that guy to take over. Greg Dolchitz was kind of that guy. Bobo isn't maybe the fleetest of foot, but he kind of has that big, but that super big build, right? Like Dolchitz of last year, despite being a wide receiver only. But Bobo is a guy who was flat out dominant display. Maybe he gets guarded different, defended different. But still, there's 24 receptions by nine different UCLA receivers. So despite Bobo having a fantastic night, it was another touchdown catch, one by Cam Brown. Saw a couple of catches from Michael Aziki, one for Titus Mokiao Atimalala. A big third down catch, I believe, to seal the game late to Hudson Habermill when he had three receptions of 14 yards. It's like third and eight. He had that little dig pattern at the sticks, makes the catch. Habermill, you know, just got put on scholarship with UCLA needing some big tight end help. Habermill making a big catch. So many different players getting the ball. And while the highlights will go to Jake Bobo and even a couple of Charbonnet catches, UCLA comes through and looks solid offensively. We'll go with a very solid A-minus performance. A-minus. You know, you, you go against a ranked team, you put up 40 points in three quarters, it's going to look good. Now, there was the concern of the fourth quarter where yeah, there was the not being able to get in on fourth and goal. They were very, very aggressive. Chip Kelly was in terms of fourth and short right before the half where if they kicked the field goal, they could have been up three scores, but instead they went aggressive knowing that they'd get the ball of the half. Didn't get it. Came out of the half of the locker room and immediately scored a touchdown and continued at least their early second half dominance, what they've shown going in the locker room, coming back out, that they sometimes are even an even better team than what they displayed in the first half for that most part in the third quarter. So offense gets an A-minus grade. Special teams, well, it was nice to see Kaz Allen get a nice return. Not too much to talk about with the likes of Nico Barmira. Overall for Barmira, he made his field goal. It seemed like they're trying to keep away from him. They're going to get into the end zone, get for six, take advantage of maybe some Washington miscues and Almost a little ultra-aggressive, kind of backfired a little bit, it seemed like at times. But UCLA continued to find ways to go. Barmira with his five kicks, five PATs. It took a long time for UCLA to even bring on their punting unit for the Bruins as it was Barmira who punted once for 49 yards. Again, he punted once for 49 yards. That was the only time. So technically, by default, you could argue Barmir made all his PATs, the one field goal, the one punt. He almost had the night off. Easy A, and there was almost a big-time game-changing type return from Kaz Allen going up. And while he didn't score, took the Washington kicker to literally stick out his foot and trip Kaz Allen. It kind of showed that the Bruins were here to play, as it was nice to see him unleashed. And soon enough, I think we'll get a Kaz Allen uh, return touchdown, maybe, in the, in the kickoff. But it's nice to see that. No fumbles on the, the punt returns. Kaz Allen slightly unleashed. It might have been gone if not for a super karate-like leg stick-out, dirty trick slide takeout there on the tripping from the kicker. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do to bring down the pretty speedy Kaz Allen, who hasn't been featured in the offense too much, but was solid in the special teams. 
special teams gets an A, and they've just been building and building and working in fruition. In the meantime, let's tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, and podcasts, and in-depth articles with analysis on every game you can find. As always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. You've got live betting up to the minute scores on every sport out there. New props updated every week. Keep it going. Fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events. Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Just head to Bet Online or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, let, let's keep it going as we rock and roll. In the meantime, just saying, all right, let's let's rock and roll. At UCLA finally in the top 25. There's a lot of carnage in college football this previous weekend in what is what, week five? What was week five? Uh, seven ranked teams getting beaten. UCLA contributing to that, knocking off Washington at home. An unbeaten Pac-12 battle, prime time on national television. That's a way to make a statement, and that's a way to make it in the top 25. I know it's probably, all right, UCLA should be in the top 25, but after all of the crazy workings of what happened in college football, they seven ranked teams going down after a couple of battles of ranked team versus ranked team teams falling out, teams jumping in. It was UCLA, I think arguably benefited the most in terms of the unranked teams jumping in. UCLA is number 18 in the AP poll. US, USA Today coaches poll, they're number 19 as they make a big jump from maybe what, I think I heard what, receiving three or four votes going to 18. And yes, this was expected. You beat a ranked team at home in Washington and UCLA finally gets some respect. It's great to see all the hype. UCLA getting all the exposure after being stuck on the Pac-12 network for, say, four weeks in a row at 11 a.m. or earlier. And the only time that was not 11 a.m., they played Alabama State, which while it was the most attended game UCLA played at home before the Washington game, it's still playing an FCS team, an HBCU team. You're not going to get a lot of attention in addition to what was ended up being a not-so-stellar, eye-popping non-conference resume. Again, Colorado, they finally fired and let go, I believe, Carl Durrell and whatnot. I think that was released. A couple of college coaches in the in the college football head coaching world losing their jobs over the weekend. But, the, the, you know, when you're playing a team, Colorado, they went through went to Boulder, got the win. They're waiting for their big moment. And while UCLA's been building and building, and while the South Alabama win didn't impress anybody, despite how, you know, most of the teams, if not, I think, yeah, I think all the teams UCLA's played so far, except for Colorado, have a winning record. The Bruins fought through it, got through it. You just play who's in front of you, especially with college football schedules being made years in advance, or in UCLA's case, one late, one last switcheroo late with the Michigan game and Martin Germain having to fill it. The Bruins getting the respect they deserved after a national television fight against the Huskies, getting the win. You saw the very emotional Dorian Thompson-Robinson, who was saying he kept receipts. He was super excited. You could just see a little different mentality. I saw the thing pointed out. Dorian Thompson-Robinson, his freshman year back in 2018, the Bruins were 0-5, losing initially to Cincinnati at home in Chip Kelly's home debut at the Rose Bowl. Now here he is in his super senior season, 5-0. and His team's ranked. The Bruins said repeatedly in the preseason 
Their goals are at the minimum the Rose Bowl. And while there could be a dream scenario and we can keep dreaming and keep dreaming about more and whatnot, UCLA is 5-0 and in ranks and still two very tough tests coming up. We could talk about that again some more with Utah, but you have number 11 Utah coming to town, a bye, and then you get to play Oregon, who will also be coming at bye, off a of bye, in Eugene. First things first, I just got to shift to what is practically a top 10, top 11 Utah team outside of their failed last-minute drive against Florida on the road in Gainesville in the opening week of the college football season, a raucous environment out in the swamp. And Utah fell a little short, but there's still a team UCLA should not be messing with. And while it's nice that UCLA finally gets some respect and some love from the national media, I know there's some Bruin fans who we got to welcome. Welcome in the hype. Welcome in some of it. We can't overreact to it. Just got to maintain expectations. Just kind of fly under the radar. We'll know, all right, a lot more eyes are on the Bruins now. A lot more eyes are focused on UCLA moving forward. Well, we've seen this is the trend in college football with the polls and the pollsters and whatever it is. There's now five teams in the top 25, and I know I think Washington State was the team who was the closest to jumping in the top 25 in terms of receiving votes in the AP polls. Pac-12, for some reason, getting a lot of love in the, the AP polls. Big Ten's kind of fallen out of favor for some reason. They haven't really exceeded expectations except for the teams at the top. But for UCLA... You know, they're, this is a good this is a good time to just enjoy the moment. We enjoyed it Friday, enjoyed it leading into Saturday with everybody talking about it in the early morning, building up through the night. And now it's all right. Maintain expectations, maintain the focus, not get too kind of uh, scared looking every which way, knowing big tests and even bigger tests are coming forward. It's like you're in a class and it's just like all right, that's the first test of the semester or the quarter, whatever it is, and UCLA, well, they passed it. You know, they passed it. They did a good job. But then it's like you're you're going in a math class. You start calculus, eh, calculate. You get pre-calculus, calculus. calculus eh, first test, all right, a little different. Second test, all of a sudden, looks like completely different from what you saw earlier in the semester. Utah, that's what they're going to bring this weekend in the physicality, which we'll talk about more. We'll have a Locked On crossover episode, our first as Locked On UCLA. We'll have a crossover episode later this week on Thursday, I believe, as we'll post it with the Locked On Utes podcast, so stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, enjoy the hype. UCLA, for the most part, grading out well. Still, obviously, some improvements. I was a very favorable grader this week, I'll say that. Despite some key things and some areas to work on for the Bruins, they executed the game plan. And when it comes to execution, you tend to get higher grades. You execute, you execute, you execute. That's good. It's just got to move going forward. National recognition. The Bruins are now ranked. Got to live with it. And they've got bigger tests coming forward. So we'll enjoy that. More episodes, more locked on UCLA coverage coming up the rest of the week. Can't wait for the big one, 1230 at the Rose Bowl Pacific time on Saturday. Can't, can't wait for it. But most importantly, get those hands up, Bruins fans. Even those new subscribers on YouTube or with podcasts, whatever it is. And one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. You see. Uh, UCLA fight, fight, fight. Let's go. Yeah, raise up the Bruin gear. No need to call me out. I got my UCLA gear. We're rocking it. It's a little cold this morning. It, it's a little cold, but we're, we're rocking it. Even the UCLA shirts underneath. I don't even. I don't need to show that. But we're rocking and rolling. UCLA, let's go. Go make Locked On Pack Twelve your second listen today. Go make it your second listen all the time. Spencer McLaughlin does a good job covering the conference as a whole. I've been 
on a guest twice to cover UCLA. And both times, you know, UCLA won. It is what it is. Go check it out. In the meantime, this has been Locked On UCLA. Go follow Locked On Bruins, the Twitter. You can follow me on Twitter. Again, we'll we'll bring that bad boy back up. At Zach and Yox, if you want to follow me on my personal. In the meantime, go to YouTube, watch the video, like, comment, subscribe. Thanks for tuning in. This has been Locked On UCLA. Go Bruins!